keep up with me Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bionyash. Today I'm here with Celsi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. <laughs> so uh, tell everyone a little bit uh, about yourself. Cool. Um, I'm a musician, a singer, electronic music performer, producer. Um, I make music videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And how did you get involved in, all, in that genre? Um, in electronic music, I, it was kind of a slow process. I like listened to a lot of electronic music, didn't really know how to approach it. Um, in university, I took a class called the Experimental Improv Ensemble, which prompted, um, some exploration into that realm. And then I was doing a lot of like lo-fi electronics for a bit. Like I was using this like really crappy nineties Yamaha, like electric keyboard and like that had like all these sort of pads and low-grade synth sounds and really bad 808s, and I would, like, use that and put it into my looper and, like, make these really lo-fi beats, and I would just do these improvised sets that would go on for, like, 45 minutes where I would have some, a few hooks or have a few lines and then kind of make stuff up and just improvise for my time, and then that, uh, I decided to upgrade and started just over the past just year, I started... I wanted to learn how to produce music, so I hermited away in the Winnipeg winter last year and just read every forum and watched every YouTube video and taught myself Ableton and got engaged with MIDI and synthesis and really dove in and found that I was like just as passionate about electronic music as I was about singing, which is my passion for my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I just started committing my life to that because it just felt right. It's like, yeah. So that's kind of a slow progression. Nice. Let's yeah. talk about that. Um, you said singing has been your passion your whole life. How did you get involved in singing? Um, nothing really prompted it. I was just like always kind of was there. Like I didn't grow up in a musical family or anything like that. Um, but when I was just really young, I was just like, I want to be a singer. I want to be a singer. I was just like maybe in my blood or something. My, my my mom was adopted, and we are now know her like blood family as well, mm-hmm. and we are actually quite close with them, and they're all musicians. Although I wasn't like raised around those people, but I think that it was like genetic or something like that, because okay. it was just yeah, it was just ingrained in you, pre- yeah, predisposed to it or something like that. So okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you always liked singing, and then h- did you take 
lessons at all? Yeah, I was like very like adamant about that with my parents when I was a kid. I was just like, I want to sing, I want to sing, I want to sing. So then they put me in classical because I grew up kind of in the suburbs and I don't, there wasn't really anyone doing bands or I wasn't exposed to like many other types of music at that time other than like what was readily available like choir and pop music and classical music seemed I guess what made the most sense to them so they put me in that and then went from there yeah and then how did you go from um, just singing classical music to deciding to take it into further education like university that's a fun story actually (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, after high school, I, which was quite a long time ago now, but... Um, you don't have to say. You look like you just graduated from high school. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, are you 19? I'm like, no. <laughs> but thank you. I'm going to live yeah, forever. <laughs> I'll be happy when I'm 35. I'll yep. be looking like I'm 25 or something. Yeah, um, yeah but... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't necessarily want to be an opera singer or anything like that. When I graduated from high school, I wanted to do musical theater because that was the only thing that I was exposed to. But I listened to a lot of alternative music and I listened to some like folk music and a little bit of punk music. And I listened to a, a lot of kind of old classic rock and grunge music and stuff like that. So I wasn't I was exposed to alternative music from a young age. It was always kind of what I gravitated towards, but then I was doing like musical theater because that was like the only thing that yeah. I had or I knew that mm-hmm. I could do. Like I didn't know that I could play instruments or that I could do electronics or I didn't really know that I could even be in a band because it was like all the boys are in the band and like mm-hmm. I'll just maybe sing with them or something. Yeah. Like that kind of was what seemed available to me like as a woman. Yeah. Um, um, and so, yeah, I graduated being like, I want to do musical theater, blah, blah, blah. And so like, I moved to Toronto and then, um, I took theater at York and I was like, oh my God, no, I'm <laughs> not doing this. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. What was, what, what, what didn't you like about it? Well, like instead of like practicing my monologue for an entire afternoon, I would like sit on <laughs> my bed and look up guitar tabs and like learn <laughs> covers all <laughs> afternoon or like practice all the songs I was writing and or jam with people and like I just like completely neglected like all of my theater homework and was just like playing music instead and also being an 18 year old in a new city I was like you know doing various other things <laughs> um, so I moved back to Winnipeg after a year and started taking classical lessons again with my teacher and was doing like royal conservatory stuff and was like I don't even know what I'm doing just like being kind of a stoner and (laughs) you know whatever and (laughs) and then my voice teacher was like oh you're doing like your grade 10 you should go do the U of M audition um it'll be good practice for your exam and I was like okay okay whatever I was kind of like she told you to take the exam for university to practice for your... For my RCM exam. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. I've never... Yeah, she was like, it'll, my just be, it'll just be good for you. Just go do the audition. I was like, okay. Doesn't that cost money to audition? I'm not too sure. I can't really remember. I don't know if it... I don't know. It probably did a little bit of money. I don't think it cost a ton of money, though. No, I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. But, like... Yeah, and at this time I was being a bit of an anarchist and was like, I don't need to go to school, blah, 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 all these sort of like very young beliefs on whatever the education system was, which I'm sure some of it may have been warranted, but that's besides the point. I was just being a bit of a brat. You still win. Yeah, (laughs) at that point. And um, yeah, and I I actually wasn't going to do it. It was like two days or a day before the thing was due, and I was like, "Ah, actually, like Linda, I don't. Linda DePau, but Linda DePau was my teacher at okay. the time, and she, I was like, I don't think I'm going to do it, I haven't done any of the forms. She was like, guilted me so hard, she's like, I already wrote you your reference letter, like, <laughs> and she just obviously really wanted me to do it, because yeah. she was always like a big believer in my voice from when I was pretty young, Yeah. and so then I was like, oh, now I feel like a butthole, <laughs> and I <laughs> uh, decided, yeah, so then I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go do it, and then... I did it, and then I got in, and then I was like, I'm going to university. I, I had to decide whether or not I wanted to do it, and then it well, totally what, changed my life, and it's great. What <laughs> made you decide to actually go through with the degree? <sighs> Man, I 
guess at, when you're like, haven't been in school for two years and you're like, what am I doing? I'm trying to be a musician, mm -hmm. but I don't really know how to get good at it or I don't have really any guidance. And all of a sudden it just like seemed like the right thing to do. I had a lot of pressure from my dad. He was like, he's, he is very strong believer in the education system mm -hmm. and, um, he just really, really, really wanted me to have a degree. So I, I, in part, did it because of pressure from him as well, yeah. which I don't regret at all. I don't regret doing my degree at all. I think that the program here is, like, amazing, the classical program. Mm -hmm. I fully, fully enjoyed my experience. changed my life. So, so you, were, you were a classical student. Yeah, classical I, I didn't know that. I assumed you were a jazz student when I saw you in the yeah, halls. Yeah, it's this <laughs> elusive thing. <laughs> Nobody knew <laughs> when, where I was or what I was taking other than the other mm -hmm. voice students knew, mm -hmm. obviously. But yeah. I had this conversation a lot with people. They'd be like, what are you even taking yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do here? Because <laughs> you, you, you were in a band uh, with a bunch of jazz students at the time, right? Yeah. Sapphire Empire. And, yes. Um, and that's a kind of a different sound. Um yeah. So what you're doing now. Yeah, it's different. It was like, it was kind of a blend of different people from different musical backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I definitely like really enjoyed being in that band and it pushed me as a singer and like made me better at improvising and like just broadened my knowledge because like just jazz musicians are so tight. Like they're just like next level. Playing with Kevin Waters was like, I was like, okay, here we go, <laughs> strap on the, like, whatever, big girl shoes. So that was good, but I, I didn't feel, it didn't feel like a really true expression of, like, who I was, like, as, as an artist. It was, like, a really great project, and, like, I had so much fun doing it, and it was, like, really expressive, and lyrically, for me, it was a really good project. I felt like I, I was really enjoyed writing the lyrics and doing melodies and stuff mm -hmm. for that project and then had you had experience writing lyrics before Sapphire Empire yeah th I think that's probably one of the main things that I like doing is writing I've okay. been doing it since I was really really young mm -hmm. and and so then what pushed you to share your 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 writings or your lyrics and actually be in a band and perform your own stuff rather than just doing like classical music um I always liked writing music for a really long time when I was like in high school and I, I like taught myself guitar and then the first thing and I, I did was start writing that was just, even when I was really young I didn't know how to play instruments I would like write books and books and books and books of words and I would try to put melodies to them and it was just kind of always natural to me so then once I was in my first university I was like oh I need to get a band going and I had a friend at the time um, and she was in this really cool band and it was really like inspiring to see her like kind like, of doing the band things yeah, and I like a asked, woman and yeah, like, yeah I can do this too totally and I think that's kind of what you need is like you need role models that like motivate you and like make you feel like you actually are capable of doing that because if you just see a bunch of people that aren't like yourself up on stage aka like a bunch of dudes like maybe sometimes you feel like that's something that you aren't capable of just because you don't see a reflection of yourself yeah in that and so yeah, this friend like at the time was um, really, really inspiring. So then I yeah, I just decided to get the band going, and it kind of just formed. And like, it was a good match because I was with all these instrumentalists, and I was a vocalist. And so yeah, it made sense that I would do the melodies and the lyrics and uh, some mm -hmm. of the arranging. And then there was a lot of like a lot of the guitar stuff was was Gabby, and yeah, mm -hmm. um, that was a rant. No, that was good. I, I feel like I learned so much about it. And it's, it's, it's interesting. So fast forward to now Celsi, uh, yes. this current project. Who? Uh, what kind of inspires the sound of this project? Uh, it is a lot more a, a fusion of the type of m music that I listen to in my in my day-to-day -day life. Sapphire Empire was like heavily influ influenced by a lot of neo soul and jazz music, which I I listen to tons of neo soul. I like uh, there's some jazz music that I love, but I'm not a big like you could never call me like a, a, a jazz musician. Um, I've always leaned more into the al alternative contemporary um, realm, and then with with overlap in um, 
pop music, overlap in R&B, overlap with hip hop, overlap with neo soul, with sort of like a contemporary experimental um, twist. That's what I listen to. And mm-hmm. so Celsi feels like more of an embodiment of, of that because yeah. it's just only me and I'm, I get to choose all the sounds, I get to play all the parts, I get to produce it all and do it all myself. So it's mm-hmm. a lot more malleable to like what I envision I want the sound to sound like. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning though. I'm still like learning to produce and getting better at it. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm like trying to make it sound a certain way and I can't quite get there, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna keep working at it every day and mm-hmm. yeah. Did you know that this was the kind of sound that you were going to eventually make yourself before you started school or was it what you learned in school that kind of pushed that and taught you how to do those things? Um, I think that I knew I wanted to create a unique sound for as long as I've been a musician. I think that over the years you like are just affected by what you listen to and what you find and what you're drawn into and what affects you. Um, and so then that formed. I don't necessarily think that like school had a few had a huge effect on my current sound. I honestly don't think school had any effect on my current sound. Maybe maybe like my skill set, like my my theory base and my ability to like compose and um, my ability to use harmony and melody and my vocal skills. Yeah, hundred percent. Like holy, without the schooling, I wouldn't be nearly where I am right now um, vocally either. Um, but for the actual, like, sound that I'm making, that's solely influenced from, like, my personal life and what I've chosen to listen to and the experiences I've had, like, completely separate from, from school. Okay. I don't think that there's, like, I think that there's inevitably an overlap just because it's, like, that's what you studied for four years. Yeah, it's all all you thought pretty much. Yeah, but there's, I think that Celsius, the music that I make with that is derived from just like my own life it's not yeah yeah it's not schooly at all (laughs) fair enough yeah um so your songwriting process i really quickly i want to talk about that how do you how do you structure a song how do you write it yeah this is many ways um are there as many ways this is many ways (laughs) this is many ways (laughs) um yeah, I will sometimes just be like walking down the street and be like la 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 and I have like a million voice memos in my phone where I will go back to them and be like, Oh, that'd be a really cool hook, like maybe let me write some more lyrics for that and come up with a melody for the verses and then kind of arrange it and then okay, cool, I got a bit of song here, let's get some chords going and then I'll put it in the box and start start producing it and figure out kind of oh what kind of vibe do I want where my BPM is gonna sit like um is there sounds I'm hearing in the back of my head I'm like oh does it need like a strings pad like what kind of sounds am I hearing how can I make those sounds in the computer uh and then build from there you know that I think is 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 the most typical Okay. Way. So everything all at once, pretty much. Like lyrics and melody and chords kind of all go together when you're writing? Well, it usually comes in process. Like sometimes if I have like a whole day, maybe, yeah, it would happen all at once. But a lot of times it's like kind of happens in chunks, but it happens in that progression. Like it'll be like something will pop up and then it'll inspire an idea and then I'll write it down and then I'll come up with a melody and then chords and then put it in the box. But also it's different sometimes too. Like sometimes I'll just be like, Oh, I'm, I try to like, oh, try to make a new beat as often as I can just to keep getting better. Maybe like, oh, I really like this one. I'm just going to like go with it. Let's see if I can like build off this beat and see if it works or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll come up with a hook and then instead of like sitting at a piano with it or ex- expanding on it, I'll just like toss it in the box right away and be like, oh, what's going to happen with this one? Like, let's just try to make a beat with this melody or, you know, it is very random. Mm-hmm. I think like there is sort of, you know. I'll write the song at the piano and then I'll arrange it and then I'll put it in the box or, you know, there's the more typical, but so it is just for pretty quick, random. What is the box? Oh, the box is like the computer. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, like mm. into the, the computer like, realm. Okay, of I see. Sounds scaping. Gotcha. So I, I guess pr- like we'll start producing it or whatever. Yeah, okay. I think I mean like go into like a recording box or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like what does that mean? Well, yeah. But I yeah. guess I guess it is kind of like a recording box. Mm-hmm. I've been I 
at this point record everything myself. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I mean by it yeah. all. Like, and I guess when you're doing electronic music, it you you work in the computer a lot. That's like your. I mean, modern electronic. There's tons of analog stuff you can do, and that's really fun too. If you just want to jam out on some like analog gear, that's like awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But for what I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of stuff in Ableton. Um, I'm using like a lot of MIDI instruments and MIDI synthesizers. So that's a huge part of my process. Mm-hmm. If I've written a song, then I'll go into Ableton and I'll start to build it into into like a full okay full song and do you have like a a kind of like an over overarching theme to your lyrics when you're writing or is it just based on like that moment or that emotion you're feeling at that time um i would say it's a bit of both like i think i write a lot of music that is very feminist forward i i used to have like major qualms with top 40 music that was just like so um gender binary (laughs) and like uh just very uh like this is a woman's role (laughs) I'm gonna sing about this like love story constantly yeah um and that used to like really actually quite aggravate me because I thought that it was like actually kind of damaging to young women so I was like I'm never gonna write love songs I'm just gonna write songs that are like about activism and then (laughs) sure enough I like you know had all these romantic experiences and then I was like okay you know what that's actually fine like I think the older I get the less like issues I have with like a lot of things the world it just just, (laughs) just, beat you down enough that you're just okay okay it's fine (laughs) like a love song's great everyone loves a love song you know I, yeah, I think a lot of my songs are, are like, emotional and they do have, like, feminist undertones and that kind of thing. But then recently, you know, I've had this, like, you know, intense sort of love situation that's, like, been a little heartbreaking. And I've written a lot of songs about it and it's very cathartic and it is really relatable. Like, love songs, like, people can relate to. And mm-hmm. I think that some of them are really, like, dumb. Some love <laughs> songs I'm like, good but your songs are pop songs just pop songs but then like now i listen to top 40 and like i can totally groove to this song yeah some of it some of it i think i don't know that's just society whatever Mm -hmm. i'm not even gonna go there right now that's okay we don't don't, maybe (laughs) next time we can we'll we'll talk about that (laughs) yeah i mean yeah feminist undertones i very emotional very contemplative like if it's like more of an upbeat song, I still like it to be empowering. Like Gone with the Wind, I still see it as like an empowering song, even though it's kind of like a fluffy love song. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Gone yeah. with the Wind, because we would we we started with that, or we opened uh, the interview with that one. Yeah. Um, what what is it about? You said it's a love song. Um, I yeah. love the music video. I think it's like Thanks. like so much candy, and it's really exciting to watch you playing Candyland or something. Yeah, yeah. The music video was fun. Honestly, for that song, because I write a lot of, like, very serious music and it's got a lot of, you know, it's all really serious. And I made that beat and I was like, oh, this is, like, such a major scale and it's, like, such an upbeat. Such a major scale. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, whatever, or, like, major pentatonic, whatever it is. And I was just like, okay, well... I'm going to make just, like, a really happy song and make it, like, pretty fluffy. And, like, I'll just, like, write this... Like, the lyrics, like, they weren't even really derived from anything super particular. I was just like, I'm going to write a really fun song, and it's going to be a fluffy love song, but it's still going to be, like, push and pull of a relationship. But then it also, like, I want it to be empowering in some way. So I, like, put that, like, outro, like, I see you, babe, but don't hold me back. Just from, like, you know, I think we've all been in relationships where you're, like, okay, I'm, like, neglecting my craft because I'm like doing this romantic thing and now I'm not doing my art and I was like okay I'm just gonna toss that in there because like that's a reminder for myself um but yeah I don't know the words were it was just fun I was like I just want to have fun with the song I just want to do something really fun I finally started taking this project really seriously after years of just being like it it was just a side project and I was like I want my first like big release to be just like really fun and playful and then yeah I wanted to do that with the music video too so 
I literally like took that so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's some like subtext in the music video, just like the super, super girly thing, but also just almost to the point of like so ridiculous and over the top that it's just like, what is this even saying? But also it's just really fun mm-hmm. at the same time. And um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, music video was really fun to work on. It was interesting to see because, like, I had only known you from Sapphire Empire, and then to see like your your new image and suddenly this video, and I'm like, this is so different. I don't know where she's going with this, but it's really exciting. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna take a quick break and listen to uh, a song that I don't know the title of yet because <laughs> we haven't announced it yet. But when we come back, we'll talk more about your soon to be released single, Apples. Yes. Um. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Binyash. I'm here with Celsi. Welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 11.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Binyash. I'm still here with Celsi. Are you still here? I'm still here. Oh, good. Good. Um, so, <laughs> what was I going to say? Just cut that out. Um, <laughs> so, you've been. How long have you been doing the Celsi project? For about a yearish now. Um, in this 
form. It's been about a year since I like integrated Ableton and started doing more production and more of arrangements. The Celsi project's been a thing probably for more like two and a half, maybe three years, but for a long time, yeah, it was like this super lo-fi side project where I would just improvise like kind of these experimental beats and it was like lots of looping, lots of live looping and just like mm-hmm. layers, very minimalistic, like electronic kind of yeah stuff that was just me figuring out what the F I was doing. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. This been this version has been about a year. Yeah. yeah. And is that like, um, okay, fair enough. No, I'm not, I was not going to go into that. Um, so with electronic music and, and this genre that you're pursuing, um, what is it like being a female in this in this, especially in Winnipeg? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I don't know how accurate my perception of being an electronic musician in Winnipeg is because I'm actually not really integrated in the electronic music scene in Winnipeg because I have lived here my whole life and I have friends that are in, you know, the art scene. I have a lot of friends that are in various different scenes, but actually none of my friends are really in the electronic music scene here, like maybe a couple of them, but I didn't super integrate into that in Winnipeg. So as a woman, I'm like, I don't I don't know. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the bigger picture, like, since I've moved to Calgary, um, I mean, yeah, it's, like, super, super male-dominated still, but I don't feel, I don't know, like, yeah, I'm just not even going to say anything much about about Winnipeg in that sense That's because fair. it's, yeah. But, like, for Calgary, like, yeah, at, a lot of the friends I've made out there, I'm trying to make friends with a lot of musicians out there, so I've made a lot of friends that are producers and hip-hop artists and DJs that do, like, house music and techno, and um, a lot of the friends I've made there are men, um, and a lot of the uh, electronic musicians that I've met are also men. I've also met a lot of women that are doing DJing. There's, like, a cool collective in Calgary called Girls on Decks. Oh, cool. Um, and they call themselves, like, the 10% because literally like it's that stark like I I so yeah I mean the, there's definitely a in numbers there's a quite a disparity like I went to the Alberta Electronic Music Conference at the National Music Center uh, a couple months ago and there was one workshop where I was like the only girl in the room or yeah. like there, there was a few workshops that were like full rooms and there was like three of us in there so yeah I mean by numbers yeah but at the same time like I have received immense support from my like you know friends and and acquaintances and and other people in Calgary despite whatever their gender may be um I yeah I don't know I (laughs) have yeah I think that the, I think that the biggest challenge actually at this point isn't. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to say this blindly because I think there's still a lot of women that are met with resistance, um, and it can be incredibly frustrating. Um, from my experience in Calgary, though, it's I've not been met with so much resistance. I've been met with a bunch of support. Yeah. But I think the biggest challenge is. Um, not having mentors that are women. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm, like, such a hermit and very isolated in the work very that DIY. I do. Yeah. yeah, like, I taught myself everything where I have a lot of male friends that they had older people to learn from or they had collectives with their buddies since they were really young and they like had studios and they started doing this stuff together from a really young age and like I didn't have those like mentors or anyone to look up to that was a woman and so um a lot of what I did was online I was like oh man like Imogen Heap like Grimes like um and there's like a few uh audio engineers that are women um I'm trying to remember her name right now I have her book um other way it doesn't matter but I find I'll go and like YouTube search them and want to hear what they have to say 
because it's I don't know I don't know what it is like yeah. I mean there's a million every single tutorial video I've ever watched is is made by um, a dude so the odd time I find one that's that's a woman I'm like really really down I don't know yeah. why or what it is but there's just like I don't know there's there's something about that or mm-hmm. just finding people that you trust too like I've had male mentors that I just like really really trust and it's just been great to have them but it's I don't know. It's like a woman. It's like there's so much more that you can connect with rather than just the music you're making. Yeah. And I think, you know, as much as I'd like to say, oh, it doesn't matter, like, if I'm the only woman in the room, which, like, I guess in the, in the in some senses it doesn't, but in some senses it does, like, it does matter. Like, there's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, I, have, I, I haven't, in the simplest form, I haven't been met with resistance from the massive amount of men that I've made friends with in yeah. Calgary but they've all been really 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 supportive but I do find myself being like I want to make beats with girls where are the girls at so yeah I'm trying to connect with some more yeah women and and then I think that that's a huge goal of mine as my career goes on is to hold workshops and seminars and um, other resources for women that are trying to learn to produce yeah and learn how to use ableton and learn how to make electronic music because there is a total like learning curve and a barrier when you're first trying to get into the electronic realm you're like what even is all this stuff mm-hmm. so and the lingo and everything yeah, and yeah just how it all works and how to use midi and how to use synthesis and how to work in the computer with you know there's just like you know workflow all these different things and all you really need is someone to kind of just like teach you and help yeah. you. So that's definitely a goal of mine. I'd, I'm going to start applying for workshops at different festivals and stuff over the next few years so I can like host. That would be awesome. Like women only. Women empowerment. And so we can do it all, do it ourselves so we don't need. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like it's, it is frustrating always having to um, ask. I think that it's, there's something really empowering about just being able to do it yourself. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've, I've become more sensitive to the fact that there are, isn't a very underwhelming amount of women in in the music community, especially in Winnipeg, uh, especially with doing more shows. I find I might be even be the only woman performing that night. Um, and I know that like even my demographic, when I look at my numbers, is mostly male dominant, which is understandable because it's Winnipeg. Um, the reason why I bring it up, especially with, with female artists, is maybe younger female musicians who are listening to the show like what can they take away from you and to make sure that they are being independent and um true to their sound what they want to make not just what's appealing to other people especially a male listener or someone who's going to sexualize them unnecessarily um yeah i mean i mean the best advice that i can give for like young girls that are pursuing music is like if you have any any doubts on what you might be capable of because you see, you know, oh, man, it's only the dudes that are playing the guitar. Or like, oh, it's only the dudes that are playing the drums. Or like, oh, I have, I really want to make electronic music, but all I see is these, like, male DJs or whatever. Like, that. don't let that be a reason to think that, like, you can't do it. Like... Just if there's something that you're like, I want to do this, then you absolutely can do it. Just because you don't see anyone who looks like you doing that thing, that's yeah. That and then be, try, yeah. Try, yeah, try to seek out, try to seek out um, mentorship from people, and don't be afraid to ask questions, and don't be afraid to ask for help, and and just like fight for fight for what you want to do, because like you totally can do it. And that, mm-hmm. I think that you know. You know, the, the sexualization of women is a whole topic in itself. Yeah, we don't have to so, get into that. <laughs> um, but that on its own, just, like, separate from that, just, like, yeah, if, don't be afraid to do something if you feel, like, compelled to do it. I think that's the biggest limitation is that the lack of education and role models for, like, solely women mm-hmm. to women because I think it's just intimidating it's just intimidating that 
and I only say this because that was my experience growing up. Like, I really, really wanted to be in a band. I dreamed about being in a band. Like, every night when I was in high school, I was like, I would have loved to be, like, a DJ or an electronic musician or had started on that path, like, years and years and years ago. But I, for some reason, didn't think I could or I didn't have someone to teach it to me or whatever. So I think, yeah, find people that will help you and don't, yeah. don't fear what you think you can't do you can do whatever you can do yeah you can yeah do anything it, you can fix a car you can you know i don't want to do that but i know, know that i can you know what i mean <laughs> it's like you can you can do whatever you can do do anything like i mean other than literally the physical aspect of maybe you can't like lift as much physical weight other than that you can <laughs> do literally anything yeah um so mm-hmm. don't don't feel limited by these sort of like you know, yeah, I gender know. standards that we have in place in this mm-hmm. society. We're breaking through it slowly. We're, slowly. We're, we're making progress. Maybe in the next, sure. like, 50 years. Yeah, in this society. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, this is really great. I really do love talking about this, but uh, I do want to talk more about your music because we do have a single that I want to praise about. Um, when you are, you so you produce your own music, it's, it has, like, a synthetic town, uh, it's tone or sounds that you're using. Um, does that translate well to your live performances, or do you use the same kind of sound you're making for the pre-recorded song when you're doing a live performance? Yeah, it's all the same sounds. Um, I use MIDI controllers, a map kind of custom I custom arrange and map my set to the MIDI controllers and so some of the sounds I'm triggering it's like a backing track kind of thing but then what I try to do is integrate as much live as I can so maybe I will drop the drum track and then I will drop the bass line and then I will drop the keys and then play the keys for the song and then maybe I'll let the track play for a bit and just do my like diva singer thing and then um but I try to be really engaged with the instruments that I have around me, mm-hmm. and yeah. And so, yeah. when when you're doing your live performance, you still have a band with you, or is it it's a just so- me? It's just yeah. you. Okay. I have, it's me, and then I have like an analog synth. I've got a looper, so I can do live harmonies. I've got a um, beat pad, and then I've got a MIDI controller keyboard that has a number of knobs and and uh, faders on it sounds intense so then i i just like map everything out so i can do some live mixing and you know do some live effects to the sounds that i'm playing i try to try to play as many of the sounds as i can to the songs and i don't know yeah that's that was my approach i was like how can i make this really engaging electronic music where i'm kind of doing everything everything but then there's still the fullness of the song and there's still a really tight arrangement so Mm -hmm. sometimes i'm pressing a button and it's starting a track and it's yeah. sending it to a track like, oh, sometimes that's yeah. how it goes sometimes yeah yeah that, that makes sense um yeah, sometimes you need it <laughs> um yeah. so all right have you ever been at the spot or on the spot thinking hey i suddenly want to do something different and then you kind of improvise a new melody or tones or um i mean there's usually some vocal improvisation that goes on because it's fun um the arrangements are really tightly arranged. I used to do like so much open free improv with the looper and now I've like completely switched it and just been like, I want super tight arrangements. I want it to be like intro, song, outro, just like I and so now that I've done that, I want to that's kind of the next step. I'd like to have my set so I can in- integrate a little bit of improvisation and kind of drag things out and push and pull um and i think that's a skill set in itself that i'm i'm just starting to open the doors there's a few people that have asked me about that and i'm like yeah that's something i want to do eventually eventually but for now i'm like yeah i have these very tight arrangements unless i like press the wrong pad on my beat pad (laughs) and it starts to play the wrong song then you gotta be like woo, yeah right just like fade out and then (laughs) then new one yeah it was whatever yeah (laughs) just don't even acknowledge it they don't know (laughs) Um, what is your favorite song currently that you have that you love to perform live? Um, like of my own songs? Yeah. Or it could be cover. I don't, I don't even do covers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I almost did this Bjork cover. I um, think I heard you play uh, sing her uh, like an Eva Claire performance once. Yes, I did that mm-hmm. one That was time. amazing. I like, I'm obsessed with her, so... But yeah, there was a gig I had a, a month ago that I was going to do a Bjork song, and then my computer... 
I had it all ready in Ableton, and then my computer stopped working. And I had to bring it in to get fixed, and I couldn't rehearse for the whole week. So then I was like, okay, I guess I won't do that mm -hmm. song. Anyways, side note. Um, but right now, one of my favorite songs to perform is called Stay. It's like kind of like my finale song. It's always like the last song, of, or like lately since I started playing it. I just started playing it live the past like four or five shows. Um, I just really love the hook, and it's like a really like nostalgic song. It's like kind of about my ex-partner who him and I had a really nice time, and then it yeah the song is like emotional but I really like the beat and I like the hook and it's just like fun to play and it's like pretty fresh too because it's like I kind of just started playing it so I like it mm -hmm. yeah. fair enough if you like it then it's gonna make you excited yeah you make sure it's really good yeah so you, the single that you're going to be releasing uh officially in April uh called apples with a dollar sign s um <laughs> why the dollar sign first of all well the song is a um it has a lot of like feminist symbolism in it so uh the title apples it's like so long-winded this whole explanation but i it like i was writing this song for like two years and it started and it morphed and morphed and morphed and morphed so um and now it's finally like done and but it started um as a reference to like the garden of eden because and i'm not going to get go too deep into the religious aspects of this because I'm not about to have a philosophy of religion logic conversation with That's you That's okay. Right we now. don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Next time. Yeah, next time we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like, I, I... Oh, it always kind of frustrated me that, like, you know, in the creation story, like, you know, Eve is made from Adam's rib and Eve is the one that is tempted by the fruit and is the... You know, she's kind of framed to be, like, the cause of original sin, yeah. for lack of a better word. And um, she also, uh, it pissed me off because I'm, like, so, I'm, like, I'm, like, a spiritual person. I'm not religious, but I, I always believe in, like, this sort of, like, goddess worship. And, like, women have been, like, bleeding and, like, birthing obviously from the beginning of time so it very much frustrated me that like the creation story was like women came from this like one tiny little bone like in the men's body and I know that there's like tons and tons of like of uh, philosophical and religious sort of like yeah. uh, symbolic um, but when you look at interpretations it, but just yeah, face value face value like, that what? was what I saw and I was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know about that so then um <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I never re like. I mean, it makes sense. I've never really thought of it like that. Like, oh yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah, it, it used to just frustrate me, and like I was just like such a. I was very headstrong at that time. I mean, obviously I still am, but uh, but yeah. So that was kind of what it was based off of. So then I, I wanted to write this hook that was like, I'll eat apples for the rest of time. I'll eat apples for the rest of time, and just like chant it over and over again as this almost like, like this like anarchist like feminist like statement like like um you know i am not the cause of sin like i can like rebel like i am not like i did not taint life like i give life like i'm a life giver like i will eat apples like it's got a little bit of like sexual innuendo if you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. apple like fruit is always a little like kind of fruit looks sort of like a vulva so um <laughs> i like <laughs> there's just like a little bit of innuendo in there and I, I don't know I was just like this is great so um and then I called it apples I put the dollar sign there um just to bring awareness of like the commodification of women's bodies and and how that's been such a you know overpowering force in the existence of mankind um and so yeah that like that was where the dollar sign came from simply that it was just for that reason and like the the content of the song is it's almost this like push and pull between um I think a, a dilemma that a lot of us women find ourselves in is like um beauty standards in a very like gendered sense and like a pressured sense in a sense that has like been forced upon us and 
Um, and then also beauty in a sense of like individualist expression and like natural beauty and mm-hmm. like um, um, that kind of battle between I think a lot of us that were raised on like magazines and like on pop culture had a hard time like with our body image and with um, our understanding of ourselves and like how we were supposed to look or like um, there's a lot of complications with that because you are projected an image of like something that you're supposed to look at and um, especially you know I think women of color would suffer with that even more or do because there's this idealized image of like I mean you all know what I'm talking about so um, that constant struggle that we face between like oh my god I want to be really really skinny oh my god I, I, I want to look beautiful all the time why don't I look perfect why don't I look this way um, this struggle that that we're faced but also like I really like using makeup. I really like dressing up. Yeah. I love glitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I also think that natural beauty is fantastic. Some days I don't want to wear any makeup. Some days I want to roll around in the dirt. But where, how, where do we sit like in between yeah. that? And like when does it become harmful? And like when is it, you know? And I think that there's a, there's a sliding scale for, for that, like based on individual, each individual, where it's healthy, you know? Um, So that was kind of the song. It was, yeah, sort of about, like, yeah, female gender roles and then this, like, yeah, um, beauty standards and sort of that complication that sits within... Mm-hmm. Within the beauty standards set by our society, so yeah, who would have thought apples would be so like complicated? And it's so <laughs> like complicated. Fruit. Yeah, I'm like, anytime I talk about the song, I'm like, I don't know how it how it was ingrained with so much subtext, but there's it, just so much there, though. It just happened with that way, and I yeah, I think the lyrics like express that too, and yeah, I'm like so excited to hear this song. I really can't wait. I'm looking forward to it so much. <laughs> um, so we do have to wrap up, though. Uh, this has been great. I really enjoy talking to you. About I should say one more thing. Yes. Apples, I was the first time I ever worked with a, another producer, Byram, uh, Beat oh. Child. Yeah. Beat, Pal- Beat Child Productions out of Toronto. He, like, just recently, I was working on the song for, like, two years, and then he helped and stepped in and mixed it a bit and, and changed some things. Which I was a little like nervous about because I never yeah, let someone touch my stuff before, yeah. but uh, he did a good job. So oh, awesome! Well, good yeah. job, great. Um, so, where can people find you on social media or can hear more of your music? Um, I have singles out on iTunes and Spotify. I will have the next single coming out in April on iTunes and Spotify as well. You can with find a music me video with a music video, which was made by an entirely female crew oh, congratulations. I shall this say as well um, yeah which was like super fun and also uncommon mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, and what else what else what else uh, yeah Facebook Instagram that's those are the socials that I use mm-hmm. so no uh, Twitter no Twitter yeah. no. I mean it's weird because like Twitter has been like dying for so long and then suddenly when Trump became president it's it's back on like the yeah w- there's like a Twitter skill you have to be really good at one liners not uh, it's not my forte yeah. so. if we could tangent you would be <laughs> yeah if there was a tangent Twitter sign yeah, me up <laughs> absolutely I think it's Tumblr actually that's for like 12 year olds so I don't know that's true it t- sounds time consuming <laughs> You have to really like vampires as well, I think, if you want to get into Tumblr. Right. I have to start watching Twilight typing. or read old yeah. books or something. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, is there anything else you want to plug before we go? Um, no. No. Great. I'm great. I'm good. good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank really you for coming on. You can come back anytime when you have your EP, which will be yes. Monday in the future. Well, I'm hoping to do a full length uh, release in 2019, hopefully mm-hmm. like in the springtime. Yeah. Try not to rush it, you know. Yeah. No, don't rush it. <laughs> Like, uh, the, if Apples is going to, uh, from what I'm guessing, is going to be fantastic, it was worth the two years. So just take your time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bignage. This is Celsi. Um, 
If you like what you heard or you want to hear more, you can go to www.winnipegmusicproject.com and find an archive of all of previous podcasts and interviews, as well as you can listen to us on Google Play and iTunes Podcast. Uh, you can also follow the Winnipeg Music Project on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and now you're listening to Celsius' new single, Apples. <laughs> See